0: God we just thank you for your presence. Lord would you come and have your way this morning in Jesus name. Amen. 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 This morning we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and go with something. We're going to talk a little bit about encounters with God. We're going to talk about worship, and we're going to talk about stewarding encounters with God. So the first place we're going to go this morning is Isaiah. So if you want to go ahead, you can go to Isaiah 6. We're going to read 1 through 8. Or you can listen as I read Isaiah 6. 1 through 8, it's up to you. This is jumping right into... An encounter Isaiah is having with the Lord. Scripture teaches, like in this scenario, Isaiah is having a vision, and within that vision, he encounters God. Scripture shows us that we can encounter God in a vision, in dreams, in worship, in prayer, in fasting. You and I can encounter God. And so we're going to jump into this example of Isaiah. So I'm going to go ahead and read Isaiah 6, 1 all the way through 8. In the in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, Isaiah speaking, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with the other two he flew, and, he, and they cried one to another, and said, Holy, 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 is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, I am am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom shall go for us? Then I said, Here am I, sinned. Me. Okay, we're going to step through this encounter. I'm going to step through 1 through 7. Isaiah sees the Lord, and it says he sees the Lord of hosts. We know that Jesus, the Lord, The Lord, the Godhead, has many different names, right? Jireh, Yahweh, Adonai, all of these things because they highlight attributes of who God is. And right here, Isaiah highlights when he says the Lord of hosts. That means he sees the Lord with the hosts of heaven's armies. Isaiah recognizes something is about to happen and he immediately recognizes that he is in the presence of the Lord and he immediately is made aware of sin. Something there that shouldn't be there. says, I'm a man of unclean lips. Furthermore, I'm from a people of unclean lips. Notice here that sin is exposed for the sake of its removal. Under the new covenant, Jesus paid the price for our sin. So we have to repent of it and then just turn and not walk in it anymore. That's, that's our part. God has given us His Holy Spirit to convict us of sin. So something very important here to notice is, this has to be dealt with before Isaiah can go any further. This is true for Isaiah, and this is also true for us. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit convict you of something, And then you turn and repent from it. I'm not going to walk in that anymore. Have you ever taken it one step further and asked God what that was preventing you from moving in? Because now you don't have that anymore. And now you can move in freedom. There is always opportunity with the Lord to press in a bit further. And not just settle for what's happening. Isaiah, we see in the story, the angel comes over. The sin is purged. It's put behind him. Okay. Something else that's really interesting is he includes this detail. We're all very familiar with it, but he includes this detail. He says, When he saw the Lord of hosts, he said, The train of his robe filled the temple. This is interesting because in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, who's the temple of the living God? Oh, you can say it a little louder. Come on. Who's the temple of the living God? We are. we are. The train of his robe filled the temple. Filled. Meaning what? There wasn't room for anything else. When we lift the Lord up in worship, when we praise His name, when we lift Him above our pride, what other people think of us, when we lift Him up above overthinking worship, when we lift Him up above the anxieties of the week or the problems we're we're facing, when we lift God up so high and we leave room for nothing else, we are welcoming the train of His robe to fill the temple. We are welcoming the Lord to fill us with more of who He is. Worship at its core is being so present with God that you are absent here. You are completely blind to what's going on around you. All of your affection, all of your desire, all of your attention is solely fixed on the Lord. Psalms 23, 22, better get that right. Psalms 22, 3 tells us this Where the Lord is lifted high, he inhabits, he fills. Where the Lord is lifted high, He inhabits. He fills. So much of what our worship can look like does not come naturally. You know that. It's something you've got to practice in. It's something you've got to grow in. Two huge things that kill our personal worship, that kill our worship is overthinking it and being self-conscious of what's going on in the room around you. Here's how we get past those two things because this is something we're meant to steward and this is something we're actually meant to grow into. So here's how we get past those two things overthinking and overcaring. Our worship starts at home. Parents, church shouldn't be the only place your kids see you worshiping God. Youth, church shouldn't be the only place your parents see you worshiping God. Spouses, Church shouldn't be the only place you hear each other worshiping the Lord. Singles. Church shouldn't be the only place God hears your worship. We can encounter God in our worship, and our worship starts at home in our personal lives. Once it starts there and you grow in it, there's no stopping it anywhere else because you carry his presence with you. Okay. So remember, we're still talking about encounters here. Encounters carry purpose, and we're supposed to steward those purposes. So let's go back to Isaiah. Isaiah 6, picking back up in verse 8. Let's read it. Isaiah 6, 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, God, send me. This is really interesting. Pay attention to the fact that Isaiah had to get sin out of the way, and then he pressed in a little bit further. And then we see the Lord allow Isaiah to hear an invitation. This is the Godhead talking, and he's saying, who will go for us? And Isaiah, having his heart, his mind cleansed, clean, putting everything that isn't supposed to be there behind him, he volunteers. What is that? He chooses it. He hears the invitation, he says, here am I, God send me. This is really interesting. This is the point in Isaiah's life when he steps into the office of a prophet. After this, everything changed for him. The calling on his life, what God created Isaiah for, he was was given an invitation into. And when he received it, his life changed after that. He had to grow in the role. He had to walk in the office. The purpose of an encounter with God is that you and I are changed. It is God's desire that you and I walk in everything he intended us to do. So when he meets with us, it's for the purpose of drawing us further into who he is. Isaiah had to steward that encounter. He had to grow in his role. Nothing happens overnight. We'd like it to. I'd like it to. There's plenty of things that I would love to happen overnight, but it doesn't work like that. Remember, the yes is here, but the traction is built at home. Every single day when I'm continuing to choose that, Lord, this is where you're taking me, so this is where I'm going. And everything that's not supposed to be on the bandwagon with me, it's got to go. It's a day-by-day choice that we're supposed to make. It's God's desire that we discover Him in Scripture. It is God's desire that we encounter Him in this life. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. Ask, ask yourself this question. Do you want, do you want more of God? Yes. Okay. It's really simple. Make space. Give up more of yourself. You and I can have as much of God as we are willing to give up of ourselves. It's a lifestyle of dying to self. God, you say I'm this. That means I'm not going to walk in that anymore. I'm going to choose every day to press in a little bit further. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. So Nick, can I get you up here for a second, bud, and help me in worship right now? The opportunity to experience more of the Lord is always, always available. Which means what? It's always by choice. You got to choose it. Okay, so that's my question to you this morning. Will you press in, and when you encounter God, will you steward it? Will you choose to let go of what you had planned and would you choose for more of the Lord? Yeah? Let's stand up, let's worship.